Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. Introducing the Lisa Chill Collection, your answer to hot nights. These mattresses beat the heat with ultra-cool covers, whisking away heat for the perfect sleep temperature. Save up to $460 on chill mattresses and get two free pillows when you shop now iHeart listeners can save an extra $50 off by visiting lisa.com forward slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. It's time for a Big Blue Kickoff Live. Nobody can ever tell you that you couldn't do it because you did. On Giants.com. You know what I saw? New York Giant Prime. And the Giants mobile app. 17 14 is the final. One touchdown, we are world champions. Believe it, and it will happen. Part of the Giants Podcast Network. Let's go out there like a bunch of crazy dogs. Have some fun. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Monday's edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live right here on Giants.com and the Giants mobile app. Training camp week is here. Schmelk Meadow with you. We're ready to get something that kind of looks like football started when <laughs> practice begins on Wednesday. Uh, they will, in fact, I need to look at the schedule. I'll check when the first pad of practice is. But Lance, uh, one of the new agreements in the last CBA is that they work into practice slowly now. It's kind of a ramp-up period. So until they have their first day off, we're not going to see full pads. It'll look yep. a lot like what we saw in the spring with uh either shells or helmets only and notepads and you usually there are no rules against it but you're not going to have much contact in those practices so it'll be a ramp up but we're going to see at least the true competition begin for some of these spots because Brian Dable was very clear in the spring jobs are not won in March, April, and May, and June. That's when these guys are you know learning the system, getting ready to play. This is when the true competition begins. Well, because like you said, there's only so much you can take away from spring workouts. Plus, when you take into consideration the fact that the last thing you want to do, John, is put a guy who just arrived at camp in a precarious spot where you really beef up the physicality and they suffer a soft tissue issue or injury or something like that. Or so, something worse. Yeah, that's more of a reason why I know you said the CBA dictates certain rules, but that's also common sense. The sure. last thing you want to do is have the rookies, the regulars report one day, the next day they go out and practice, and all of a sudden they're trying to take each other's heads off. And then, God forbid, you suffer significant injuries. I mean, we've already seen, look around the league. That guys go down. C.J. Gardner-Johnson, Alliance, it doesn't look like it's going to be yeah, serious. Yeah, thank goodness but, for them. You know, he went down awkwardly. Naheem Hines, that was a non-football injury. He was on a jet ski. The Buffalo away, Bills I, special I saw it was away from the facility. Did that happen on a jet ski? Yeah, he was stationary on a jet ski, and somebody else rammed into no him. No way. And he way. suffered a season the injury. Yeah, that's what the NFL Network is reporting. So uh. there's been freak things, and... Unfortunately, guys are going to go down during training camp. It's just the nature of the beast. That's why you want to do everything in your power to avoid putting them in spots yeah. where right out of the gates, they're already on the sideline. And just to, to show that you can take all the precautions you want, but sometimes injuries oh, happen too. Yeah. Like It's just kind of the way things go. So I'm looking at the schedule here just to give people an idea. So practice for the most part for the first few weeks of camp will be around 10 o'clock until they go to Detroit. Then you can have a few evening practices sprinkled, and usually that's the third or fourth day in a row they're having practice. They're trying to give players more recovery time. So you're going to have 10 a.m. practices this week on Wednesday and Thursday. That's going to be helmets only. 5 o'clock, we have a little matinee at 5 p.m. So that'll be shells. Saturday, you're going to have a day off for the players. Then you come back on Sunday, another shells practice. So the first padded practice will not be until next Tuesday. So you're going to have almost five days, or not almost, you're going to have five days worth of practice, six days overall of practice in either shorts and helmets or shells before you get to a real padded practice on Tuesday, August 1st. 
which once again makes sense. I mean, it's not a situation you want to thrust them right into. So they'll have about a week based on what you laid out. They'll get back into the flow. Remember, it's been a few weeks since Mm -hmm. they were out there on the field during the course of spring. That's why, as you mentioned, the first few days, it's a continuation. Hey, everybody, get back into the mix. Okay, this is what the schedule is going to look like. You're going to have classroom assignments with your respective positional coaches. We're going to meet as a group. And then next week, everybody's acclimated, and you get right to work with respect to the grind of training camp. And then before you know it, they'll have their first preseason game. And this is going to fly. Week one is going to be here before you anticipate it. And the other thing that's important to know, John, just in terms of the logistics, there is no middle cutdown anymore. They're going to go pretty much from 90 to 53. So just think about all the players that are going to be thrown out onto the waiver wire and free agent market simultaneously as teams try to finalize the 53-man roster. It's going to be insane. You could be going from a player that feels great, oh, I survived it, and then you realize there's five other guys at your position that are high on the wish list of a team, and all of a sudden, you're out of a job. I think there's going to be an absolute feeding frenzy in that 24 to 48-hour period. No question about it. Also note that Giants training camp practices are open to the public starting on July 26th as well. Go to Giants.com slash training camp. The full schedule is there. Time of the practice, there will be legends signing at each one of these practices as well. So make sure you go check it out again at Giants.com slash training camp. They've added some more bleachers this year so they can uh, fit some more people in there at practice. It's going to be hot. It always is, but it's always come to come out, watch the guys. It's always fun. Also, programming note, the reason why our shows will be at 1.30 for the next four weeks, and that's including the week that we are in Detroit. And the Giants do go to Detroit, by the way, two weeks from today. So that, I believe, will be August 6th, if I'm not mistaken. Doing math in my head, August 7th. So we will have a practice here the Monday morning, August 7th. Then we will head to Detroit. You can have practices in Detroit on Tuesday and Wednesday. You'll have a Thursday kind of non competitive walkthrough in preparation for the game on Friday night. So I would not expect many of the players to play in that first preseason game because they're probably going to have them practice pretty heavy against Detroit that week. So I would suspect that you're not going to see many of the big-time players because they would have gotten a lot of work during the week in Detroit. But again, until... And then the week after Detroit as well, we will also be at... um, 1.30, because that, for the most part, except for those couple of 5 p.m. practices I mentioned, that's going to be when everything is done, from practice to media availability. Since we're not doing that daily show on MSG anymore, this is really your one-stop shop if you are a Giants fan for finding out exactly what happened at training camp practice each day. So tune in, 1.30, Big Blue Kickoff Live will be your live Every day during camp for the next four weeks, Monday through Friday. Make sure you check it out. Get the latest of what's going on at training camp. And, of course, Pearson will make sure we get the archived episodes up by the time you're driving home from work if you want to listen to it um, on the move not live. But of course, we'll be taking your calls at 201-939-4513, 201-939-4513. I remember the Silver Bunch of Giant Huddle podcast up there, folks. Go subscribe, find the podcast. A lot of good stuff. Today, we have safeties going up as we take a look at the Giants' safety class and, and kind of where they are um, in terms of trying to find that starter next to Xavier McKinnon. We talked to all the guys. We talked to Dane Belton. We talked to Jason Pinnock. We talked to... Uh, Bobby McCain, though, he's in the cornerback group. He's kind of a, actually he's Pearson, a combo Is guy. Bobby McCain in the safety or cornerback group for the Huddle Podcast? Cornerback. We put him in the cornerback group. So he's in the cornerback group. I'm trying to remember who else is in the safety group for uh, that we did for safeties. I think there was one more guy besides the one I mentioned. You had Pinnock, Belton, McKinney. Who else was in there, Pearson, for safeties? Oh, no. Bobby McCain is in safeties. Okay. Javarius oh, Owens, Nick McLeod. Dane, Dane, that's Dane right. Belton. And we put Nick yeah. McLeod. Is there so many corners? We had a lot of corners. So well, you have a few guys that once again go back and forth. And that's why McLeod and McCain we yeah. put into safety. Thank you, Pearson. So those guys are up in the safety class. Is that up yet, Pearson? That's going to be up this afternoon, right? Okay, so that'll be up this afternoon. But if you go back, inside linebackers are in there. We do about eight or nine minutes with Beavers, along with another four or five minutes with Karake. That's a really good spot. Edge players, defensive tackles, the Eli Manning interview from next week is really good. Go check that out on the Giants Little Podcast. You can find it on your favorite podcast platforms, Giants.com slash podcast, or, of course, on the Giants mobile app. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, leave a five-star positive review for all of our podcasts. We work hard on them, and giving that five-star review certainly helps us in our rankings on iTunes and all those other podcast platforms. So check it out. All right, 201-939-4513. We'll get to your calls in just a second, Lance. Before we get going, we kind of covered the very basics here. 
give me like the one or two things that you're really excited to see competitions or anything else you want to see in camp this year that kind of gets you excited. Well, wide receiver has the most depth. I've been saying that all off season. So, I mean, I think that's the position to watch because all of these guys, they're not making the roster. We also don't know if any of them are going to start off on PUP. You know, that could be an indication yep. that maybe some guys are still overcoming their injuries. It's going to fluctuate in terms of their rehab schedule. They just added Cole Beasley, yep. James Robinson at running back. Yep. So you got some veterans that are going to compete with some of the young guys. But receiver, to me, overall, I think is definitely the position to watch. And then as far as on the defensive side of the ball... I would say it probably goes back to the defensive backfield overall. I wouldn't say safety or corner because there's a lot of these tweeners that you mentioned, the Nick McClouds, the Bobby McCains. How are they going to align them on the field that's number one? Meaning, is Wink Martindale going to rely on more safeties or is he going to rely on more linebackers? Mm -hmm. I think that's the question because the notable injury already was Jared Davis. And you talked about one of the huddles is with respect to the interior linebackers. I think what's going to determine how many guys they keep at that position is whether or not Wink is going to put two to three linebackers on the field more often than not. If the numbers game leans more towards the defensive backfield, then I think you have more safeties that are probably going to land on the roster because they'll probably go with more three safety looks. So that's why the defensive backfield and the wide receivers, I think those are the two positions to watch here as we get going. Yeah, I agree. We had our cover four go up today. I'm not sure if it's up yet on the Giants side. I can check that right now to see if it's there. But the, this is, I, hate, I love Salomon. He puts this question every year and I get mad at him. What's your bold prediction? for a training camp this year and I'm just like because oh, I never know what's bold and what's not because well, we talk about so many things over the course of the offseason like what's bold and well, I, also the main guys barely play also during the course of the preseason uh, too I mean, what are you going to do you're going right. to pick the seventh offensive lineman and claim he's going to get eight pancakes over the course of the preseason yes <laughs> well what is a bold prediction correct and I, I, I go through like a whole thing in, in like my first paragraph talking about that I think one of the things I put is that you know do I want to be the idiot that you know predicts something that's never going to happen or do I want to predict something that everyone thinks is going to happen and either way you look like a moron because you're not picking something that you consider bold so what I ended up going with Lance and the reason I brought it up is because it kind of reflects on your answer to, to the question I posed to you. And my bold prediction, and whatever, I guess it has a chance of happening. Shut up, Pearson. Um, well, this is some buildup, so no, I'm waiting. It's, it's yeah. not, it's, it's, trust me, if, if I'm building it up, I apologize. Um, no, none of the Giants' three starting wide receivers will be the starters that ended the season last year. So basically, neither Slayton or Hodgins will be starting week one. That's bold. I, I don't, really bold. I really, yeah. don't th I really don't think it's going to happen, but it was like, I don't think it's impossible. I think it's possible, but I didn't. I don't think it's certainly not likely. But I, I thought that was fairly, I thought that was okay. Sure. But you know how I feel about the label of starter, because, I mean, Hodgins could very well play more snaps than that the three guys that are on the field to start. No, I just wanted to make sure where you stood with respect to that. I'll give you a Darius. I would say... Isaiah Hodgins could very well be on the field for the very first play. Hodgins on is the guy that I think. Oh, okay, that's a good question. I'll pose it to you. Which one of those wide receivers, if you had to bet on one guy that was going to start and get the most snaps at wide receiver in Week One, who would that one guy be? You would bet on out of Hodgins, out of anybody. Oh, out of anybody. Roster. Okay, anyone. I just wanted to make sure no, I was clear. Anyone on the roster of all of the guys, I would still go back to Isaiah Hodgins. So would I. Yeah. And that you was the one that I struggled the most with. And I came up with some cockamamie reason to get Colin Johnson ahead of him on the depth chart. It was oh, well, something I, like that. My answer, <laughs> my answer was Colin Johnson. Oh, no. no, no so we're but, similar to that. No, no, but it wasn't a matter of him getting more snaps. I treated when Dan threw out that question, you're right, he does it. I said to myself, I'm just going to focus on two guys to watch who I think could be productive in the preseason and earn roster spots. Okay, fair enough. That was what my lens was on. Mm -hmm. So I went with Colin Johnson at wide receiver, and then I focused on, I think this could be the Eric Gray preseason to remember. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> if Saquon's not here, he could get more snaps. So those were the two guys that oh, I emphasized. Gosh. Who was the little Ivy League running back that was the Giants' like preseason monster? Bob, a Giants' Ivy League running back, late 90s, early 2000s, that had the great preseasons but then never did anything in the regular season. What was his name? Are you popping on camera? Hi, Bob Papa. How are you? Yeah. Who was it, Bob? Keith Elias. Keith Elias, yeah. So yep. Eric Gray, obviously a little bit more pedigree than Keith Elias, but yes, he could have correct. a Keith Elias-esque preseason this year. That's correct. So that was my bold <laughs> prediction. Thank you, Bob. I know. I really went out on a limb to answer that one, basically. We're good to go, Plex? All right, good. Plex the third. Nice. Beautiful. 
There's a little pop-up perspective preview for you for later in the year. Um, very good. Just, Bob, text me that, and I'll put it in the calendar. Thank you. Um, as you see, the show's produced live on Big Blue Kickoff Live. Thank you, everybody. Um, what the hell are we talking no, about? Oh, yeah. we were talking Eric about the Gray. answer. Go ahead. I'm sorry. We were talking about the answer the definition to of bold. the yeah. latest cover four and uh, who we were talking about in yeah. terms of bold prediction. I just said I focus more on the individuals as opposed to teams and accomplishments and so forth. So Eric Gray, Colin Johnson, I think are two players in particular to watch out for in the preseason because A, I think they get the majority of the snaps and B, as a result of that, they could be extremely productive. Though the one guy that I think is going to be the next Ramsey's Barden, if I may say, for the fans, meaning oh, no. the hype train Colin is going to be through the roof. No, not Colin Johnson. Because oh. Colin's been here before. Let me think. There's one guy that well, I hi- think... Hyatt's too easy, so it can't okay. be him. Well, let's see if you get who I'm thinking about. There's one guy that the fans are going to be going nuts over. Has it already started, in your opinion? Or no? I think it started when he joined the roster. Like Paris Campbell? No. I'm going deeper into oh, the depth you're chart. Going, oh, you're going yeah. deep then? All right, I'm going on. deeper into the depth chart. I will take, and I have a feeling. Okay, so 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 a guy that has no chance, but fans thinks that he's a, that, that he. <laughs> well, is, that I, I don't want to be that extreme. No, you know what I mean. You know but what I mean. Yes, I, I would say it's going to be very yes. tough sledding, regardless of the appeal and the opportunity. Yes, and then this is not. That was just me making a joke. No, no. Of All course. right, so it's sure. either going to be. So let's see if you can name that receiver. That's the new game. It is one of two guys. It's either because it's going to be someone that's fast, but that's what people kind of get a little obsessed with. It's either going to be Bryce Ford Wheaton. But he has height and speed, and people are going to get very excited about that. I can also see it being like Khalil Pimpleton, because he's really, really fast. True, yeah, but Pimpleton I'm, was in-house last I'm year. I'm going to go Came Bryce late. Ford Wheaton. Bingo, congratulations. <laughs> you won the first installment of everybody's favorite off-season game. Let me pick somebody on the roster, uplift them on the hype machine, and hopefully they're on the practice. The wishful thinking will translate to the 53-man roster. Yes, yes. So he's the next guy. And with Bryce Ford Whedon, one of the undrafted guys they brought in, he's been with the team all spring. But once again, you look at the receiver core, this is a numbers game. That's what Uh it's going to come down Uh to. Numbers game and versatility. And I think any of these undrafted guys, unless they just blow this coaching staff away, John, on the field during practice, forget even the preseason games, I just find it very hard to carve out a role. Because, I mean, if you just do the numbers game, Jalen Hyatt and Wondell Robinson – Isaiah Hodgins, Darius Slayton, Paris Campbell. I'm already up to five. Jamison Crowder, Cole Beasley was just brought in. David Sills is back. Colin Johnson. You know, you get to 9-10 before you even talk about the undrafted guys. Now, here's the little caveat. The little caveat here is, does a door all of a sudden open if guys like Wandell Robinson and Sterling Shepard are on pup, that's a great question. Up against the start of the regular season, then I could see maybe one of these undrafted guys carve out a role. But I would argue, John, that still may be very, very short term. Could be for like the first week of the regular season. Then all of a sudden, one of these guys is ready to come back, and then they're off and running. Hundred percent agree. I'm with you on all that. Um, and you know. People always pick one receiver to kind of go gaga about. Oh, absolutely. So that's my strongest candidate for that award. And by the way, we since it was after the show ended last Friday, we have now have a chance to talk about the additions of of Beasley and Robinson. And to me, for the folks that didn't see the Giants signed a couple of veterans, uh, James Robinson, uh, running back, former of the Jaguars, and uh, Cole Beasley, who obviously has been with Dallas. That's how Giant fans probably know him the best, but then had a long stint with the Bills as well when Brian Dable was there as the offensive coordinator. And look, we, we know about... I didn't even want to bring up the name. I was going to get calls about it. We know about the Saquon Barkley situation. James Robinson, they need another body in the room. Yep. He's here. He's a veteran. Done. Okay. Um, then at wide receiver, I wonder if the Cole Beasley signing signals that maybe Shepard and Wanda Robinson are a little bit further away than we thought when the spring ended. Because Shepard looked like he was getting pretty close watching him run around on the field, and Wandell felt like he was a little bit further away, right? If you go back, again, John Settle Podcast, go find the wide receiver episode. We talked to Wandell about that. So I wonder if that signals that they think they're going to need some more bodies in the slot. Because otherwise, I mean, how many slot receivers can you have on a roster? <laughs> I mean, you're at like seven. Oh, the seven more the merrier, them. yeah. When you, if, you, if Shepard and Waddell are healthy, it's kind of crazy. So to me, I wonder if those two things signal, or at least the Beasley thing signals that it's going to be a, 
We might not see Shepard and Wandell till closer to the regular season. Yeah, or it could be two weeks into training camp. I mean, for two weeks, John, you still need a body. No, 100%. Right? Yeah, I mean, here's sure. the thing with Pup mm-hmm. for our viewers and listeners to understand. A player could start the training camp period on Pup and could come off any day of the week, this any is, time. There's no limitation. This is not regular season Pup where it has to be Correct. four weeks now as regular season Pup. I'd it have to, to look be back. Six. I think yeah, it's four I, now. They did limit it. I yeah. think it may be four. But the point is... You could say to yourself, all right, we think Sterling, Wandell Robbins, I'm just speaking from a hypothetical standpoint, will be ready on July. Well, not July. July's a bad example considering at the end of the July. August 10th. Right. Okay, so Cole Beasley could be advantageous to have in the mix, right? right? And he knows the system. He at least has some familiarity having worked with Brian Dable. And then you bring the guy off of Pup. So it could very well be not so much that they're up against the beginning of the regular season that they're just maybe two weeks away, three weeks away. And James Robinson, as you hit on, I think this is important to know, and I know you said you didn't want to bring up Barkley, but I'm going to go and open up Pandora's box because even if we get callers on it, I want to make it crystal clear. I would not read much into anything about James Robinson's arrival with respect to Saquon's status. The point is, Saquon, whether he's here for camp or not, John, he's not playing in the preseason. That's correct. So you need as many additional running backs as humanly possible. And it is not a full room at that position. No. Not at all. You got Breida, who also you're probably not going to want to play much in the preseason He's either. He's a vet, right? Correct. You have Brightwell and Eric Gray, and that's it. So if Barkley and Breida, in an ideal world, let's say there were no contractual issues, they're here, you're not playing either of those two guys. You want to give Brightwell, you want to give Eric Gray, Jay Sean Corbin is another guy too, yep, Corbin. and yep. James Robinson. So Robinson is the lone veteran who can catch the ball out of the backfield He's a little bit now more removed from that torn Achilles tendon, which he suffered at the tail end of 2021. And you know, those injuries sometimes take more than a year to recover. And I wouldn't say he's necessarily a lot to make the roster, depending on how the numbers play out. So Beasley and Robinson, polished veterans who are extra bodies, you know, they're not going to need multiple weeks to learn the system because they've been there and done that. And they're going to be here to compete. But as far as penning them onto the 53-man roster, I would not go so far at this point. Two of Lance's favorite things in the world, veteran depth. Well, this is the time of the year, Lance right? It. Hey, you can never have enough at any given <laughs> position. This is veteran depth. But, John, in all seriousness, no. this is the time of the year where Correct. these guys sign, right? Everybody's wondering, well, why were they on the street? Because none of these guys want to go through spring workouts. No, that's true. <laughs> they want to just Absolutely. show up at the start of training. And look, Be- and look, and I think Beasley is a higher level of player than Robinson at this point. Like, Ro- Beasley, like, he's, he signed with the Bills late last year. He played immediately. Yeah, he was with the Bucks, and then he came to Buffalo. Correct. So, yeah. These guys that certainly have experience, I think Beasley probably a little higher level player at this point, even though he's a little bit older. He has certainly shown that he can be oh, effective he's in far that more system a polished player. Slot. Sure, Correct. no, absolutely. There's no doubt about it. And Robinson, you look back, John, you feel as if he's been in the league. He was in the league starting in 2020. Yeah, James Robinson's his, still a very young player. How was his rookie year? He's only yeah. 24. So it's the injury. I love that you said veteran too, and he, I guess for a running back, that is pretty. Well, yeah, yeah. A veteran. Well, young 20, veteran. 20, 20 young 21, veteran. 22. This is season four for him. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's halfway to about 28 yep. years old. So you know, around that age. All of a sudden, the running backs are in trouble in terms of their status moving forward. So, uh, to your point, Pearson, I know we talk from a position, big picture perspective. Yeah, four years in is not much of anything, but for the running back position, you got about half your career, maybe your entire career over, unfortunately, with respect to that, just because the wavelength and the long-lasting power for a running back, as we know, with based on what's happened with the market over the last few years, is extremely short-lived. 201-939-4513, 201-939-4513. Think we hit on most of the major points of camp. Feel free, give us a call, folks. Don't forget, the 2023 NFL schedule is out. Single-game tickets are on sale now. Don't miss the Giants at MetLife Stadium this year. Visit Giants.com slash tickets to secure your seat today. And if you can't make the game, make sure you download the Giants' official connected streaming app. Or if you're on your way to the game, you can watch it too. Giants TV. It brings original video content and game highlights on demand. Then direct to big blue fans. Giants TV is free on Apple TV, Roku, Amazon Fire TV, and the Giants mobile app. All right, let's get to the calls at 201-939-4513. Let's lead it off with Hugo in New Jersey. Hello, Hugo. Hey, good afternoon, guys. I I really wanted to talk uh, about uh, the interview you did on Friday with Dave Spadaro, who covers the the Eagles. Sure. um, Just just my thoughts on wide receivers and starters. I I could, if Shet is healthy, 
uh, I kind of follow the logic of the off season, which is to build speed. And I could see Shep at the slot and actually Slayton and Paris Campbell as the starters on the outside with Hodgins being mixed in in uh, red zone or like short-to-go situations for his size and hands and route-running ability. Campbell has not played outside really before. That's the only thing. He has the body type to do it, but that would be a new role for him. So I think that would be a little surprising because, I don't know, I just don't know if he's as much of a vertical threat as, as maybe some of the other guys, like like a Slayton and things like that. I also think Hodgins presents something different from some of the other wide receivers on the roster, and that's more of a reason to want to at least make an effort to keep him on the field. And I'm not just talking about his size. I'm talking about just the routes he runs Short, in comparison. Short, intermediate correct, possession to the receiver, other guys. correct. Yep, and you need that because that mm-hmm. can open things up for other players or perhaps even Darren Waller and the running backs. Okay. Well, let, 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 me, uh, let me talk about Philly for a moment. Sure. Um uh, you you guys were kind of going over the schedule and and you noted sort of the gauntlet of teams that Philly has to run through before uh, the December twenty fifth game. I, I actually think the fact that we play them late is um, to our definitive advantage. And the and the reason I say that is because they have an aging team, and and I know there's players who are supposed to replace, but that's hope. Right. Well, they have gotten younger. They're only two really aging. I mean, I guess you have Cox, Brandon Graham, and Slay. Right, would be your three aging players. And And Darius Slay is what thirty-one. It's not like he's like thirty-four. He's he's going to be thirty-two this season, and Bradbury's going to be third. So I would add Bradbury into that mix. All right. Thirty's old for a corner. If it was, you know, a defensive line, that's fair. I, I hear you. Yeah, I but you. I mean, that, that's okay. four guys out of twenty-two. We're talking about that play on a consistent oh, basis. And Kelsey's old on the well, offensive line well, too. I guess. Well, right? let me. Let, well, but he's let, been durable. Get, I mean, the guy's held up. Let, so let, let, let me get to that point about it's just four guys, okay? But um, so so I think that plays to our favor because I think we're more reliant on young players than they are, and as a result of that. You know, even though their coordinators might get the kinks out of the system, which plays to their favor, we get to ramp up uh, guys who are clearly going to be starting for us, like John Michael Schmitz and Deontay Banks, and have some experience under their belt. And, and frankly, I, I just think because they're, they're older and they have some age on the offensive line, too, by the way, they're just going to be more beat up and more likely to uh, be injured. Uh, and or tired and beaten up. Uh, it's just, I mean, that's just the, the facts of life. No, Hugo, I, I hear you. The reason, the, the reason I point that out on the show, and, and we had this conversation on Friday, Lance, I said I would have rather gotten the Eagles earlier in the year because they have two new coordinators, and I would have liked to see, to catch their defense maybe before they've kind of figured out what, the, what their new defensive coordinator wanted them to do. And I thought maybe I'd rather get them earlier in the year before they kind of figure that out. But... I don't know. Yeah, but, no, I think that's okay. a very valid point. I think and whenever you have something new, whether it be a quarterback or a coordinator, you'd want to see them earlier when they're still working out some of the issues. By the time December rolls along, you know, you mentioned, Hugo, that the Giants are going to be honing their craft with respect to their young guys. Well, the Eagles will be that much more comfortable with respect to their new defensive coordinator by then as well. And Jalen Carter and uh, Nolan. Yeah, I mean, it goes both ways as far as I'm concerned. I don't really think either situation is that advantageous. Yeah, but but I, I'm talking about year-over-year comparison. I mean, Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham, Darius Slade, if we know what they could do on the field, right? So sure. I think net-net, they're going to be relying on new guys. Now, the, the fall-off may not be as great as maybe I'm thinking about, but there's going to be a fall-off. There's no doubt. I mean, we're talking about some of these players could be in the Hall of Fame. I mean, Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham, right? Sure. I mean, yeah, but I, I, don't, so, I lost you with what fall-off are we talking about? You're assuming that all these guys are going to be out of the lineup by December, I guess? I, I, I know. I, I just I, think they're, they're, they're players on decline. So year over year, because of the age factor, they're just not going to produce to the extent that they produced last year. Here's, here's how, sort of my framework for thinking about Philly. They lost five starters on defense. Even Dave Spadaro admitted that. 
right? That needs to be replaced, and that's uncertain. Yep. Well, yep. I see. I, I see these four other players as dropping off some. I don't know to what extent, but dropping off. Oh no, Hugo, that's right? fair. Look, I think it's fair to say the Eagles' defense has the potential to take a step back based on what happened right. on linebacker and safety. I think that's fair. Okay, so so you add all that up, that's negative nine. This just put a number. Negative nine. Five five starters, four players who are really kind of towards the tail end of their career, right? Now you look at the Giants. We added two quality defensive linemen, one quality linebacker. We added Deontay Banks, so that's plus. Or, so I, I consider those positives for our defense. Now, if you take into account the players that were either hurt or missed significant time last year, I got Leonard Williams, Adoree Jackson, Xavier McKinney, Aziz Ogilari, and Kayvon Thibodeau needed a part of the year ramp up. So that's five. So that's plus nine. Take away Julian Love. I see it as plus eight for the Giants. It's minus an entire nine mathematical equation here. So. Yeah, my, I mean, I mean, that's the way to look at it. I think that's oh, a but that's not how football gap. necessarily works, Hugo. Uh, that, that's where I no, would differentiate I, I, with you. Yeah, yeah look, Jalen, you know, Jalen Carter could be a, a beast, but who knows, right? I'm just, I'm just going by past performance and sort of the the, the numerical facts around the Eagles. I mean, look, I, I have a view that we're going to at least split with the Eagles and potentially sweep them this year. So that's my bold prediction. That is bold. That is bold. Yes, indeed. And Thank you, okay. Appreciate, Appreciate the, the phone call. I, I mean, the reason why I don't get too caught up in that logic is because I could look over the Eagles roster. Derek Barnett was hurt all of last season. They're getting him back. Avante Maddox was sidelined for the majority of the season. They're nickel corner. They're getting him back. I mean, he was doing the same thing for the Giants. I, I, there's no way that I would swing in favor of either team because, once again, I think we're so early in the season that these numbers just balance out. And here's the other thing, John. You don't know who's going to be healthy when these teams play in yeah. December. I mean, these two rosters, lads, could look so different when these two teams play in five sure. months. Who knows? Well, and the other thing is, as far as the defensive linemen, the most notable loss is Javon Hargrave for the Eagles. Sure. Okay, went to the Niners. Absolutely. But if you look at Philadelphia's playing time, they weren't playing these guys 95% of the snaps. So you're getting Derek Barnett back. Milton Williams is a young developing player. Jordan Davis is only in year two. Josh Sweat was a very productive guy. Hassan Reddick had a ridiculous season. I mean, to say Brandon Graham and Fletcher Cox are getting up there in age, I get it. But it's not like the Eagles don't have five or six other guys that they could turn to. And then Reed Blankenship played a lot last season, Mm -hmm. who is just going to now be the normal starter given they lost the safety. So... I could sit here and do plus minus for everything. I would say they pretty much all cancel each other out. Hey, look, and I'll say this, and Brian, and I'm not breaking any news here. Brian Dable said this flat out after the year. It's not like the, the Giants just lost. I'm throwing out the final regular season game when started. Yeah, because nobody I'm played. taking that. I'm throwing note, it away. Sure. Yeah. In those two other games, and both teams were playing all their players. The games were not very close. They were not very competitive. So there's a lot of ground that has to be made up there. And Brian Dable said that after the regular, after the season was over, right? First thing he said in his postseason press conference. We learned in that final game against the Eagles, we had a long way to go. Yep. So, this long way to go. Now let's see. To Hugo's point, I think the Eagles lost some talent. The Giants gained some talent. I agree that the gap has shrunk. Let's see how much the gap has shrunk. Maybe the gap's gone. We'll have to wait and see how the season plays Well, out. I'll tell you where you'll notice whether or not the gap has shrunk. Forget paper on the field how the performance goes in the trenches. And I'm talking about on both sides, how the Giants' offensive line matches up with the Eagles' defensive front, Mm -hmm. and then how the Giants' defensive front can handle the Eagles' offensive line. That's where the Eagles dominate. That will determine your point about the gap. Because we could sit here all day long and look at paper, Mm -hmm. and it doesn't mean anything. The trenches is what separates both of these teams. Let's go to Jerome and Charlotte. He's up next on Big Blue Kickoff Live. Hey, Rome. Hey, guys. Y'all took all my thunder from me. I ain't got too much nothing. But, um, oh, it was good speaking with you. Thanks, Jerome. Appreciate it. <laughs> but, um, when y'all was talking about both prediction, I was thinking, okay, we got all these receivers. I, I believe the Giants will make at least three trades before game one. And um, since y'all talked about the, the new additions, took the thunder from that. Um, 
How is the now, Joe? Um, real, Joe, real quick, you said at least three trades. What positions, in your opinion? No, I'm serious. You think they're gonna make three trades? What positions are they gonna try to go out there and try to add to on the roster that you think they'll have to trade for? No, I'm talking about giveaway players. Oh, so you, so you think they're going to be trading players for picks? Yes. Oh, okay, fair enough. At what, corner and wide receiver? What else? What, what are you thinking? Um, well, we, we got to look. It'd be maybe two um, corners and, um, I mean, two receivers and a corner. Okay. What else you got? Uh, um, well, so y'all cover Bartley and the the new additions. At end. Um, what about the offensive line? Um, especially um, Evan Neal. I know he did some work on the side. Um, and if they got together, um, you know, since um, um, during their time off that y'all know of, to where they, you know, like just practicing together, you know, somewhere or... You mean, uh, Joe, Joe, you mean since minicamp in the last, like, five weeks? Right. I don't know. The guys aren't back yet, so I've not had a chance to talk to anyone yet, so I'll have have to put a don't know to that question, unless, Pearson, have you seen anybody post on Instagram that they've been anywhere? I haven't anything either. So So I'll have to say, and I I don't know, Jerome. Usually this is a five-week period where you don't see guys get together a ton. It's usually this is when the guys get their vacation in. But it's possible. I just don't know the answer. And you really don't see that happen, I would argue, with offensive linemen in general. You see the quarterbacks work with the receivers on their own offensive linemen because a lot of these guys, they have their own private trainers that they normally work with over the course of the offseason. Duke Manyweather, the old mastermind. Yep. Well, uh, I, I know um, right before the, they went away for the they, you know, break and all, um, the tight ends, um, all the tight ends from around the league. Yeah, that's tight end like- university. Yeah, but I mean, this—that's everybody from around the league. You're talking about Jerome. You're only talking about the Giants' offensive line. There's no, to my knowledge, there's no offensive line university. If that's what you're insinuating, where they get every single offensive lineman across the NFL. No, I understand that. It, it, it's just that you know, I know they try to keep a, you know, uh, a tight unit. You know, build a, you know chemistry and stuff, I just thought maybe they maybe had a workout or something that y'all, you know, maybe y'all knew or maybe can find out for a later show. That's all. That's fine. And I appreciate y'all spilling my thunder. I love the show. <laughs> I'm not even mad. I just had to think of something, you know. <laughs> nah, you're all, all good, Jerome. All good, Jerome. Appreciate, appreciate the call, the call man. Yeah. Good to hear from you. Appreciate it. Yeah, I mean, usually... This is the time when guys need to get a little bit of a breather because we're, we're, I mean, them more than other, obviously, because other ones doing the physical activity. But, you know, NFL teams are now in a grind, right? You, you start the engine now, and the engine, you might get to turn it off for a couple days around the bye, but then the engine goes right back on again. You're going until the first week of January. So you're looking at, you know, five months where you are just going, and you're going, and you're going. So the guys need some time off. They need to rest their body, and then that's usually what they do in that period of early July. I'd also be curious, even if you did get the five starting offensive linemen together, remember, we don't know who the starting five is yet because left guard is a question mark. And center to an extent. Very true. I don't know, you know, how much they'd even gain from that because remember, it's not like these guys are going up against five defensive linemen. Yeah. Right? You'd be lining up. It's more of positioning, it's language. Mental. It's mental stuff. But uh, once again, I think most of the guys are comfortable studying that on their own and then when they return to training camp, they could pick up where they left off. It's not like a quarterback and receivers yeah. can run routes. That's Correct. a little bit exactly. Different. So I, I just don't know how much value to answer that question they would gain from getting together for a few days over the course of the offseason. The other thing that's important to note with respect to tight end university. Yeah, and to your point, by the way, it's not like you ever see like a bunch of DBs getting to the better the workout in the offseason or anything like that, to your point. Correct. Well, it's funny because I saw there were a few DBs on Twitter saying maybe they should do something like tight end university. You know, everybody's going to try to follow. But the point is, that's more like a strategy session. Guys get together. They talk about workout they talk about how, you know, they are utilized within their offense. It's not like they're lining up against DBs for a week and, you know, putting the pads on and going to work. It's it's more of let's get everybody in the same room and talk strategy. That's what essentially that exercise is all about. 
201-939-4513. Hey, Giant fans, take your fandom to the next level with a season ticket membership. Stay connected to the club all year round, not just on game days. Memberships are now available for the 2023 season. To learn more about all the exclusive member benefits, visit Giants.com slash tickets. Limited inventory is available. 201-939-4513. Let's go back to the phones and say, what's up? I haven't talked to Charlie in a long time. Have you talked to Charlie in a long time, Lance? No, I can't say, and I'm not complaining. I love it that he returns, and I get to have him and Lance sing Kumbaya together. What's up, Charlie? <laughs> oh, no. Looks like he didn't pay his phone bill. Charlie, try again. Very choppy, Charlie. I can barely hear you. Yeah. Try again. In and out. Okay. Let me let me turn it up. You hear me now? Yeah. Unfortunately, yes. Not too hot, please. <laughs> what do you got? Hey, hey, John. This is Carlo from Italy. I figured I'd get on if I was coming calling from another country. <laughs> Charlie, you weren't on hold when I didn't take your call last <laughs> week. We just and by the way, I saw that phone ringing at the end of the show, and it was like one thirty-one. And I knew Pierce. I didn't want him to pick it up either. And I knew that was going to be you because you would DM <laughs> me that you were calling into the show, and oh, I. Yeah. I would have told Pearson not to pick up, but I knew Pearson wasn't going to pick up anyway. So, <laughs> even better, though. Now you get your chance with Lance, which is much more fun than oh, talking yes. to Paul. So, everybody wins. <laughs> All right. Hey, look. Hey, hey John. What was what were you thinking in that picture with Daniel Jones? I, I mean, your face was like, <laughs> tell me what you were thinking. Have you seen that yet, Lance, by the way? No, I have no so, idea what he's talking about. Art Stapleton, I guess, is, I don't know, what was he, like, doing, like, a, a picture countdown to, like, the start of training camp or something like that? Yeah. And he put up a picture of Daniel Jones at the podium <laughs> and me in the background, and I look yeah. furious. I don't know what I'm thinking about. <laughs> I'm listening to Daniel. I'm pretty locked in. Daniel's laughing about something, and I am not pleased. And I don't know what I was thinking. No. It, it well, how probably, long ago was that yeah, picture? That? Pierre said you like that. How far back are we talking that about? That, I believe, is 2019. Okay, so four years. Pearson, you were here in 2019, right? I could have been, been mad at Pearson about something, maybe. Could have been anything. <laughs> could have been daydreaming, for all you know, too. It's yeah, like you're lost in like, thought. Usually, I'm, usually I'm happier if I'm daydreaming. I'm, I seem I seem pretty <laughs> miserable in that picture. I I just think you were looking at him, going, "Oh my God, get him out of here!" No, oh, come on, don't you be putting <laughs> thoughts in my mouth, Charlie. Stop it, please. It was it was it was probably I was probably unhappy with I was probably unhappy with one of the questions that got asked, and I was didn't think it was yeah. a really good question. Hey, look, why are we bringing in Cole Measley? I mean, really. I mean, this guy's 100 years old. You know, he's another Buffalo guy. We got 1,700 slot receivers. Why are we bringing this guy in? Don't you think we need a pass rusher or maybe like a safety or something? I mean, really, we got to bring in another slot receiver? Really? Well, we went over the fact that this could be a product of Sterling Shepard and Wandell Robinson not being ready to go at the start of training camp. So if you take two guys out of the rotation, then your answer is right there. Then you do need another slot guy. And you got 90 guys on a roster right now, Charlie. It's not as if you're sacrificing a huge roster spot at this point. If this was the 53-man roster, you know maybe there's more to discuss. It's so early in the game with 90 players that it's not as if he's eating up a roster spot and taking away an opportunity from somebody else. Charlie, I'm so happy you're on the phone right now because I have some breaking news that well, I think you will enjoy. From Adam okay. Schefter, Chiefs wide receiver Kadarius Toney, who apparently oh, had previously underwent an off-season cleanup procedure on his knee, Aggravated the injury Sunday while fielding a punt and is expected to miss some time during training camp, but probably be ready. I put probably, but be ready for the start of the regular season uh, per league source. Perfect. That's perfect. Hey, you know something? He posted uh, He posted a, a tweet about Patrick Mahomes after the Super Bowl going up to the female trainer and hugging her and thanking her and saying, you're the one that got us the Super Bowl because you took care of my ankle. And, and Tony said, I would, I would guard my life with that lady. She, you know, so he trusts her, so I think that's great, and he'll be fine. Okay. Boy, that was some <laughs> synopsis. I've been left speechless. I, I got mean, okay. <laughs> what are we, what are we supposed to add to life. that? Okay, he so the Chiefs training staff is doing life. their jobs? I mean, what? 
Clearly, yeah, clearly not not well enough. But well, okay. but, I, I but, I'm kidding. I'm no, no, kidding. I know. But but remember, this is what we talk about. The first few days of training camp, when these guys yes. have not been very active, this is why you have to be extra cautious with all these players. Yes, I'm sure the you never know. I'm sure the Chiefs' training staff is fantastic. Yes, <laughs> yes they. Hey, but the other thing is, we got 15 wide receivers. You know, we didn't need to bring Cole Measley in. We got a bunch of other slot guys besides. Besides uh, Shep and uh, Wandell. Okay, so who was out there that you're dying to add? Which former giant uh, defensive nobody, lineman that played got, 15 years ago or, is uh, on the street? Or who's who's, who's the That's Will Beatty of the pass rush that needs to be re-signed right now? He might bring him back. Oh, <laughs> Well, he didn't mention offensive line. He mentioned pass rusher and safety. That's his wish list. So I'm asking. The Nick, clown. The clown. Jadevian Yaki, Clowney is, is Yaka, who you want to bring Yaki, in? Yaki Noah. Uh, Yaki, Yaki Noah, Yaki, Yaki, Yaki Noah, the former center for the former Chicago Bulls, Bulls and the Knicks. Who are you? What? He just said Joe Kim Noah. <laughs> he did he just Kim say Noah? that? Yes, I think he meant Yannick and Gakwe, yeah, but that transformed Yannick. into Joe Kim Noah. <laughs> That's it, Pearson. Cut the line. You lose complete credibility on this program you when you him. name you can lose when you oh, name God. a basketball power forward center to come in and play pass rusher. I mean. The material writes itself on this program. That's unbelievable. See, this is what happens. This is what happens. I'm going to look straight into the camera Yaki when I say this. Trump <laughs> but I, was, I mean, once again, not even the best screenwriters in America could come up with this stuff. See, he was that so... That everything I wanted to be in He more. is one of a kind. Oh, one of a kind. That may not be putting it in justice terms. What I was going to say is, see, Charlie... You're so creative oh, in the God. process about calling Cole Beasley, Cole Measley 175 oh, times that you're not looking at the scouting report Yakeem accordingly. Noah. Could get Carlos Boozer out there. Could, yeah, oh, absolutely. 100%. Yeah. I heard, been, or could have been, I heard or, Zach Randolph and Eddie Curry could be on the edge and they could play tackle. How fairness, about this? I, I think Eddie Curry is a defensive. I don't think he's playing edge rusher. I think he's too big. So Eddie, he's an offensive lineman. Yeah, no, I'm thinking nose tackle on defense. Nose tackle. What about Curry? Zach Randolph? Three technique, maybe? <laughs> okay. So, hey, the more the merrier. Bring him in. I heard that, you know. Who did he mean? You know, Jerome James, I th- too. I think, I think, I think is, we should have asked him. I think Lance is right. I think he meant Yannick and Oh, Gakwe. I think he did. But, I mean. <laughs> he was close. He was close. He, got to Yaki he was Noah. close. He was in the vicinity, maybe. <laughs> a couple no, couple no, letters. No, no, the, 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 the N. That the N, that was it. That, uh, vicinity. I mean, that that's all I would leave it at. Now, Yannick and... Yokim, which is not actually his name, by the way, but whatever. They both sound like a Y, but they don't actually start with the same letter. Yes. Oh, boy. That was the best. This is why we don't oh. put much stock into the wish list for Charlie. Yeah, and Yannick Ngakwe and Jadavian Clowney, by the way, will be out of the Giants' price range, just FYI. Those guys are going to get a decent contract. Yeah. Well, I'm sure once guys get hurt, market may pick up for some of those players. And oh. just like Beasley and Robinson... Oh. Conversations go on well before the start of training camp. I'm sure their reps talked to the Giants prior to the signings, and <laughs> you can say the same thing about a lot of free agents that are out there on the street. I don't know how busy Noah's agent has been, but apparently we may be making a change in terms of his professional sport before you know it. Nick's only just stopped paying him like last year when they stretched his contract. Well, that's why. So see, he wants to earn a little <laughs> bit more cash. So, yeah, he said, all right, the basketball opportunities have dried up, so I'll take my chances maybe in an NFL training camp. You don't see many seven-footers on the NFL field. I'm not sure that's going to work. No, you don't. Though we have seen you know, some big guys who, if they can get into a stance that affords them the opportunity. You know, like, for example, Jordan Mailata is a pretty big guy uh, yeah. for the Philadelphia Eagles. So if Noah has been practicing his three-point stance, uh, which is a basketball formula, you never know. Maybe he has some hope. Let's go to Tom in Stratford. Tom, good luck. <laughs> Hi, guys. How about Adrian Dantley and, uh, <laughs> for a nose tackle? Well, you're going real old school here. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm old, so. Hey, I just read in the paper. I don't know which paper it was. That's always dangerous. That, um, Josh Azuzu also had shoulder surgery in the offseason, and that his neck injury, they say, is long-term but not career-threatening. So did you know about his shoulder, and is he ready to go? 
right now? He's ready to go. I mean, I talked to him on the huddle in our offensive lineman interviews, and he I don't think Pearson, he mentioned anything about an injury on that. He seemed to be fine. Oh. So as far as I know, he's healthy 100% and ready to go for the start of camp. So I, as far as I understand, okay. unless something's changed, I don't think that's an issue. Okay, well, good. That's good to hear. Um, I just want to check with you guys because I don't trust everything I read in the paper anyways. But I'm also looking at the roster. and I, don't I think, by the way, real quick, Tom, I don't mean to interrupt because I, I just did a little Google search. I believe that surgery was also very early in, like, January, February area. Because he got put on the yeah. IR at the end of so the year. So I don't yeah. think it wasn't a surgery that happened, you know, three or four weeks ago, just so you know. Right. So we're talking about months of recovery. At this point. And a lot of time with those neck injuries, and I don't remember the exact nature of the injury, but if it's like one of those stinger deals, like those are injuries that can always pop up again, but they're not, it's not like spinal fusion surgery, career threatening okay. type of deal. You know what I mean? Yep, yep, yep. yep That's yep. good to know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also, I'm looking at the roster, and I don't see how they're going to carry both J.C. Hassenauer and Shane Lemieux, uh, uh at the same time. I think either, one, either or is going to be making the team, and... I think they're probably more leaning towards D because Shane has a, a pretty bad injury history. But that's just uh, – and he was drafted by the previous regime, correct? Sure. Yes. yes. And that's a good question. All right, so you figure you have your five projected starters uh, plus right. Bredes- – I'm going to count Azudu as a projected starter, right? And okay. then you'll throw Bredesen as your sixth guy because he can back up guard and right. center. You're going to have right. probably have Tyree tackle. Phillips as your swing tackle maybe with maybe Matt yep. Paird in there. Yeah, I think it'll be difficult to carry three interior guys as backup. So you're probably not going to keep Bredesen, Hassenhauer, and Lemieux. Yeah, so I th- and by the way, Jack Anderson's going to be in that mix, too. They liked him when he came over last yep. year. So I agree. And Marcus McKeithen, by the way, who was a draft pick two years ago, he's going to be in the mix there, too. So I agree. Usually you're not going to have three backup interior offensive linemen on your active 53 every week or on your 53 every week. Not, and then you have, obviously, your inactives. But I think your analysis is probably... Probably on point on that one. Possible one of those guys does go to the practice squad too. So, I mean, they could very well stay with the team. I I think when you keep backup offensive linemen, the importance is, especially the interior guys, that they can play and man multiple positions, center and guard. So, I think what you were getting at, John, is if Bredesen, let's say, doesn't start, or even if he does start, Bredesen can move over to center guard for bid, assuming John Michael Schmitz wins the center. And so can Lemieux, by the way. Correct. Mm -hmm. So you're covered where you essentially would have three guys at the center spot between either two guys that start slash a backup, where I think you'd be covered where you don't need to necessarily keep an additional player. Yeah, Marcus McKeithen told me, too, in that Huddle podcast. And go check that out. We talked to him. We talked to Haas and I, and we talked to Lemieux. And I talked to Lemieux in the cafeteria, by the way. He said he is 100% healthy right now, ready to go. Um, McKeithen said he's working at guard and tackle. So he might be a guy. Let's say he's like your ninth offensive lineman, and you want him just because he's young, he's developmental, and he can play both spots. That provides you some extra you know, uh, depth in that position as well. And he did that at North Carolina. He was Mr. Everything. Do they have to put their players through waivers before putting them on the practice? Yes. Yeah. Every, any other team can claim them. Okay. But usually the way that works, Tom, just real quick, teams like to have guys in their practice squad that have been with them all summer and understands their system. So unless it's like a huge upgrade in talent, you don't see many teams claim guys in that way. So I think – most of those guys that we just talked about would probably be safe if you tried to sneak them on the practice squad. Okay, that's good to know. It's going to be very interesting. I'm really looking forward to that competition. And did you say the first preseason game is next Friday? Two, no, 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 not next no, Friday. Two Fridays following. from now. So we, 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 leave, we leave for Detroit, I said August 7th, correct? And then it's that uh, Friday, so that would be August 8th, 9th, 10th, 11th. The 11th, yeah. Okay, okay, oh, great. All right, I'll put it in my calendar. Thanks, gentlemen. Have a great day. All right, thanks, Tom. You can also go to Giants.com slash schedule if you want to see what the Giants' full preseason and regular season schedule is. So you can always do that, too. 201-939-4513. Final caller of the program is Angelo in Pennsylvania. Angelo, how are you? Hey, guys. How are you? What's up? Doing all right. Um... I wanted to talk about, like, what's one thing you guys think offensively and defensively that you just need to see a change this year for us to, like, make that next step? For me, personally, I think offensively it has to be explosive plays and just starting 
faster early. Like we were one of the best second half teams, but I just felt like there was a lot of times where like if you watch the second half and the first half, you would think we played two different games, you know? And then on, on defense, it has to be Wink Martindale's play calling at times because there was a handful of times where the down and distance would have it where it's like third and long, and it's really unlikely for the other team to get the first down, but he would call these exotic blitzes, and they would end up getting the first down. And, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. If it works, then he's smart, and if it fails, then we're here talking about it. But, like, that first Vikings game, it was like third and 18. I think Landon Collins just got a sack. And if we – there's like 20 seconds left. If we just play back and just tackle, keep them in bounds, we go to overtime. But we sent like a corner and a safety on a blitz and had Aziz Ojolari and Kayvon in coverage, and then they had the screen pass to Justin Jefferson, and you know the rest, you know. So I still love Wink Martindale. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, I think if we do those two things, I can definitely see an improvement. All right, Angelo, fair call. Um, I will give you the answer off the air if that's okay. Perfect. Thank you. Appreciate the call, Angelo. All right. So uh, he already took my answer on offense, explosive plays. I was going to go there. So I'm going to go in a different direction. I'm going to say pass protection. I think that in, one leads to the other, right? I think to get more explosive plays, you need to protect a little bit better. And I'll handling stunts and twists. And I think right tackle. Those are the two spots where I would really have my eyes on to say, look, you need to do those two things better in pass protection lands if you want this offense to be more consistent week in, week out, and avoid those negative plays that can really kill your drives. Well, they go hand in hand. I mean, I'm going to stick with explosive plays. This was actually one of the questions in our 23 questions in 23 days series. I actually had to answer this one. I'll just give you a few numbers. They had the fewest pass plays for 20 or more yards in the NFL last season, just 28, and they were tied for the six fewest plays of 40-plus yards through the air with five. I mean, those numbers have to improve. And then you take into consideration that they only average 21.5 points per game. So you hope explosive plays leads to more opportunities in the red zone or touchdowns and gets the points up. I mean, that's a must because you scored 22 points or fewer in 12 of their 17 games last season. I mean, that is a high volume. And they only won five of those contests. So five and seven in those games? Yeah. So... All of these things are interconnected, and I agree with you. I mean, the offensive line, but from an overall big picture scene, you've got to get the explosive plays up because you can't expect this offense cannot go 10, 11 plays every single drive for 70 to 80 yards and think it's going to be all clean, and they're not going to avoid negative plays. So my, my quick math, they did not lose a game when they scored more than 22 points, correct? They had one tie, and they didn't lose any? That I'd have to look up. I'm just going, I mean, I put this in my response. Yep. I have them scoring 22 points or fewer in 12 of their 17 games last season, and they only won five of them. So if you want to take a quick glance. Let's see, 31 points win, uh, 21 points win, 19 points win, 16 points loss. I'm just looking at their losses. 13 points loss, 18 points loss, 20 points loss, 20 points tie, 22 points loss. Uh, they scored 24 against the Vikings in the f in their next-to-last regular season game. The one with the lost. field goal. So that was Minnesota, the yeah. only game that they lost when they scored more than 22 points was that Viking game that he mentioned. And I will bring this up, by the way. The big fourth down play in the playoff game against the Vikings, Wink blitzed, and it forced Kirk Cousins to check in on the Hawkinson, and he was short of the first down marker. So the blitz giveth and the blitz taketh away on that. And in yep. terms of defense, I mean, uh, I'll take your answer because I know what your answer is going to be. I mean, the rush defense has to be better. Yeah. I mean, you can't, you don't have to be a great run defense, but you cannot get eviscerated like the Giants did in multiple games last year, specifically against Philadelphia, if you want to be a, a quality defense. And you can't give them multiple 200 yard games on the ground. The Giants did that last year. And I think based on what they did in the offseason, Lance, and where they added a lot of players and spent their money. They agree that that was something that had to get a lot better with Bobby Okereke, Ashawn Robinson, Nacho. They made they took some steps to make that part of their defense better, and I think they will be better in that respect. Christian McCaffrey, Tony Pollard, Kenyon Drake, Travis Etienne, Miles Sanders, Kenneth Gainwell all ran for over 100 yards against the Giants last season. That's six running backs. Now, that's not an overwhelming volume, but it happened in bunches. And as you noted, it happened twice against the Eagles, and it happened once against the Cowboys, and that's the killer there. So that means you have six games in your division, three of them, half of them, you gave up a 100-yard rusher. And by the way, I'm not just talking about a 100-yard rusher. 
Sanders had 17 carries for 144 yards and two touchdowns. Gainwell had 112 yards and a touchdown. And Pollard, on just 13 carries, ran for 105 yards. So, I mean, just do the math. Look at what these guys were getting an average carry in the game through the roof. That has to get shored up, specifically in the division when you know the two teams that were ahead of you in the standings are very effective with respect to their offensive line and their run game. And by the way, Washington wants to run the ball this year, too. Yeah, absolutely, because you figure they're not going to want Sam Howell to throw the ball in the high 30s, low 40s every single game. So that's more of a reason why that entity has to be cleaned up this season. 100%. All right, so we're in agreement on that. Everybody, thanks for being with us. Two recommendations for you, by the way. I tweeted this out last night. I'll just repeat myself with the people that don't um, either don't follow me on Twitter or not on Twitter at all. Or I should say, oh, I'm, I'm wrong. Not on X, correct? Is that what it is now? X? Well, I think, isn't it still going to be called Twitter? No, nah, I mean, the, 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 where it says Twitter on the homepage, it says X now. I don't think it's really? like a thing. Well, I thought the logo's changing. I, I don't, don't know, know if the name of the doesn't say Twitter. Forum. It says Tweet. But it doesn't say Twitter. Well, but when you go over the X there in the upper left corner, does anything show up name-wise? It, no, no, it, it just doesn't. Has an X. It's, it's still Twitter.com, yeah. though. Yeah, so I don't think the name is changing. I don't know. I think it is, Pearson. Is it, is it still They're Twitter or is it, it X? I think it's X, right? I think X.com will lead you to Twitter, and it's like called X.com now. But I think it's still well, called it? Twitter, and the X is just the logo. I think Lance yeah, might be yeah, right Yeah, X.com does, does go to it. Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. Because X is supposed to like encompany a bunch of their different platforms that they're supposedly developing. Yeah, right? But I mean, I still technically it's gonna be referred to as Twitter. Well, I'm still gonna so, call it Twitter regardless, yeah. but whatever. Xing. Instead of tweeting, you're now Xing, which could which sounds very inappropriate, but whatever. It is what it is. <laughs> um, <laughs> Read into uh, it as you wish. Yes, exactly. So two recommendations for fans out there. If you're on Netflix, watch the series quarterback. Have you watched that yet, Lance? I have not had an opportunity to watch that yet. Put some of your DVDs away. <laughs> I can, I can, I can see if Netflix can send you the DVDs, maybe. Do you think Netflix produced DVDs of the quarterback series? I don't think Lance? they did. Well, no. remember, the DVD thing is ending. We did that on well, the show. It's, so. still, it's still ongoing. It's September, right? Yeah, but I, no, it is September. But I could tell some of the new movies they're not even investing in. So the product has been very disappointing. I would not bet on them. Putting was, this on DVD. I was only really kidding. So, well, uh, I'm just giving you an answer because maybe some people have are you interested. Figured out your alternative yet? Yes, I have another company lined up. So you're, yes. wait, you're still going to get the DVD? Oh yeah, 100. percent Sure. Yeah, that's not a change. I mean, come on. <laughs> I don't want to promote anything on the air. So no, that's why I'm not naming the company. But yes, the but preparations anyway, have been made. Go to Netflix. Do you have a Netflix digital account, or you just have the DVD? No, account? because once again, the, well, the, the Netflix account. digital account doesn't have any of the new new, new movies. <laughs> I don't need. What do I got to go they on? Have, watch they movies? have like original series and yeah, stuff. Though, mo- that's most of the, good. most of the series I watch are on another channels without promoting okay. them. Yes. Anyway, okay. so. If you're not Lance, go to your Netflix account <laughs> and then go watch the quarterback. Can you series. walk us through how you find it on the Netflix account for some of us that you know may not have experience going on the internet? Maybe you could give us a play-by-play. If you go to the homepage yes. and search for quarterback, wow. I think you'll be okay. fine. Uh, it's so much pretty clarity. simple. Thank you. Now, Even you might be able to figure <laughs> that one out. I appreciate okay? that. Yes. So it basically, for the fans that don't know, they followed three quarterbacks over the course of the year: Patrick Mahomes, Kirk Cousins, and Marcus Mariota. It's an Omaha production series, so Peyton Manning is the EP. You could tell he definitely is the one that called these quarterbacks and asked them to do it because you get great access. It's really phenomenal. It's really good. Go check it out, and I'll even try to get Howard to watch it so he doesn't kill Kirk Cousins anymore. <laughs> you watch, Pearson, have you watched this at all yet? I just watched the Kirk Cousins one, actually. Dude, like, you watch the show and you love Kirk Cousins. Oh, so he they're just not, seems like a tremendous guy. They're not including the three quarterbacks in every episode? No, they are. All three are in every episode. Oh, well, because he just said he just saw the Kirk I, Cousins I, I episode. I watched the one where they played the Giants. That's where I was curious about. Oh, okay, okay. yeah. Yeah, that's, I think, the, that might be episode seven or eight. I haven't got, I've, yeah. I've gone through four. I haven't gone through all eight yet. I'm halfway through. So that's really good. If you're out there, go check it out. I think it's a fantastic series. You'll like it. The ins and outs of playing quarterback, all that stuff. The second one, if you're a podcast listener, after you listen to all your Giants, podcast go to the athletic football show feed uh jordan rodrigue who we've had on our shows before she used to cover the panthers now she covers the rams out there in california she did a five or six part i think it's a five parter of a series called the play callers where she basically talks to uh, long interviews and they kind of rotate back and forth to tell a narrative of, of what the story is all the people from the mike shanahan tree so mcveigh kyle shanahan um 
Oh shoot, the, Matt Lafleur. The Lafleur's in there. For the Packers. The, um, he's part of that. Train. Dolphins coach Mike McDaniel. Mike McDaniel. Yep, thank he worked you. There too. Uh, Robert Sala's in there because he obviously coached in San Francisco, With right? Kyle. Yep. Um, Raheem Morris is in there a little bit, and you basically go through how that offensive system has changed and adjusted and how defense has then changed and adjusted to them and it goes back and forth and it kind of almost gives a window into how schemes in the NFL have changed over the past five years through the lens of that Shanahan system, which basically, if you look back, cover three with the Seahawks, right, became like the dominant NFL defensive scheme. Legion of Boom, everyone copies it. Well, then the McVay and Shanahan system it's not say it's designed to beat it, but it kills that system. Now everyone's gone to the two deep safety system, right? Back to the Vic Fangio system. Yep. Well, now how is the Shanahan group, the McVeighs and the Kyles and those guys adjusting to life against those type of defenses? And it kind of goes through how the coaches saw it, the ebbs and flows, the schemes, the X's and O's. It's a really good series. Uh, go again, go find it on the Athletic Football Show feed. A really good podcast. I'm about halfway through that one, too. I think it's if you're a football fan, they're very educational. Is Mike one of the interviews? Does she speak to Mike Shanahan? Or just I have everyone not who heard Mike, Mike yet. Okay. I have not heard Mike yet. But they have a whole episode about when they were in Washington together. Yeah, of course. Everybody worked under Mike. Which, yeah. is, which was a little chaotic, by the way. Based on what I heard about the Oh, episode. really? Oh, yeah. Well, it's just, it's amazing how all of those individuals, though, went on to get their own head coach. And then in Houston with Kubiak, Kyle Shanahan yep. was there. They did through Kyle when he worked for Dan Quinn in Atlanta. Uh, the last episode I watched was all about McVay uh, with the Rams during the Goff years. He went to the Super Bowl twice, won one. So just really great stuff in there. Uh, make sure you go check that out. Those two series I thought were really, really good. I'm John Schmelk for Lance Meadow. That's another episode of Big Blue Kickoff Live. Tomorrow it is Detino and Cross. Make sure you check it out, and we'll see you next time, everybody. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. Tired of restless nights? At Lisa, we know good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. From memory foam mattresses to hybrids that keep you cool all night long, Lisa's mattresses offer exceptional comfort and support with free delivery and 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details.